guys. Welcome to our first podcast episode. Um, we just wanted to start by introducing ourselves. My name is Chelsea. And my name is Janelle. And we are the Desert Sirens. Um, I actually have another podcast that I've been doing for a while with my friend Alicia. It's called Camp Final Girls. It's more of a true co- a crime podcast. It's uh, got some spooky elements to it too, but my friend Janelle here approached me about starting our own podcast too and I was excited about possibly just doing something different than in my other podcast. So not as much true crime, more mm. spooky stuff. Yeah. Ghosts, conspiracy theories, did you knows, that kind of stuff. A little bit more I guess fun stuff. Yeah. Because the other one's a little bit dark sometimes. <laughs> Gets to be a bit heavy, but um I guess we have known each other since high school. Yep, friends since high school. We both are now moms, yeah. so that's that's our lives right now. We're testing this out, see how it goes. You want to maybe tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So as I said, my name is Janelle, and I am a relatively new mother, yes. and um, I have never done a podcast, but this seems fun. It <laughs> will be fun. <laughs> Especially because you like to talk and so do I. So. Yes, I am a professional talker. <laughs> she is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise I I am a aspiring author. I have a book that I hope to publish later this year. Yes, I hope you do because I am also an aspiring author and I have not done anything with my book. So I'm like... <laughs> You know, I'll just watch her and see how it goes. Yeah. And I'm rooting for you, girl. I'm paving the way. Yes. Um, But yeah, so I'm doing that. I also do freelance editing, so there's that. And I also own a crafting business uh, called Bubbly Bookworm Creations. And so I'm doing lots of fun stuff lately. Small business. You got to support them, small businesses. So look her up. Hispanic owned. (laughs) Also from New Mexico, the land of entrapment. That's us. Yes. (laughs) And I guess that's also like leading into why we came up with our name. We were spitballing one day, um, trying to come up with a name for our podcast. And we came up with Desert Sirens because we are in the desert. Mm -hmm. Very dry out here. My skin's cracking all the time. (laughs) And we're sirens because we're going to tell you some stories to lure you in. Yeah. Hopefully not to your deaths, but no promises. <laughs> <laughs> At least lure you in so you keep coming back every week. <laughs> I mean, and if you do die, I hope you don't. But if you become a ghost, then maybe you'll be one of our stories. Yeah, come haunt us. <laughs> it's exactly what we want. We want some hauntings in our lives. But okay, so this is our first episode. Um, we're very excited to see what you guys think of the content. Let us know how it goes and. Here we go. Are you ready, Janelle? I sure am. Hi. <laughs> Alrighty. So for my first ever story of this podcast, I decided to do the Ghosts of the La Placita Restaurant, which is now known as the Old Town Cafe in Old Town Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes, that's a good topic because Old Town's got a lot of ghosts and Heck haunts yes. there. I'm I'm probably going to, like, drive everyone nuts with so many old town stories, but we'll see. Which is good, because (laughs) then people get uh, some of the roots of where we're from, so that's good, too. That is true. Yes. 
Awesome. Well, just to give people a bit of a background, since not everybody's from Albuquerque. <laughs> no, not everybody is. <laughs> so the first people to inhabit the area around the 6th century was the ancestral Puebloans. Um, they were formerly known as the Anasazi, but that's a no-no. Uh, Don't call them that anymore. Yeah. That actually means ancient enemy in the Navajo language. Mm. So obviously that's not so nice. No, it's not. The Navajos <laughs> were being mean. Yeah. Well, it was actually a white guy using Navajo language. Wow, that's so. even worse. <laughs> oh. Okay. So they are the ancestral Puebloans. Got and it. so they were the first to be here. And then the Spanish arrived in 1540 with conquistador Francisco Vasquez de Coronado, who came from Mexico looking for the seven cities of gold. Oh, yes. Yep. He spent the winter of 1540 in a pueblo off of the Rio Grande, about 20 miles north of where Albuquerque is today. And, but after he left, uh, Spanish settlers followed him and decided to stay. Okay. Got it. Um, their presence definitely led to conflicts between the Pueblo people and the Sp- Spanish settlers, mm-hmm. um, which culminated into the Pueblo Revolt of 1680, which was the only successful native uprising against colonizing powers in New- North America. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and the Spanish rule was actually driven out for 12 years from New Mexico. Oh, really? That long? That's really... Yeah impressive actually yeah i might actually go into that more in a different podcast because there was a whole lot about that that was really interesting. yeah that is very interesting um but let's see so but they spanish did finally return and they took back over mm-hmm. as they do <laughs> yeah and in 1706 was when albuquerque was actually created so oh. the provisional governor don francisco cuervo y valdez petitioned the spanish government to establish Bosque Grande de San Francisco Xavier as a formal town. Oh my gosh, that's a long name. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Bosque is a forest along a riverbank, which is exactly what it was. Yes, <laughs> very spooky. People built stuff. Yes. Um, what's funny though is that he actually lied to the government because you were supposed to have 30 families to make a town and he oh. only had 18. So oh, he wow, was like, that's like half. Yeah. So he Jeez. was like, he was like, yeah, no, I have 30. And by the way, I'll name it after you if you want. So that's where Albuquerque ah, came from. Because the okay. first guy yes. to approve it was the Duke of Albuquerque. Got it. Okay. <laughs> the Kirks. Got it. Yeah. And in, so jumping forward into 1846, the U.S. claimed Albuquerque and New Mexico as their territory. Okay. So that's when that happened. And throughout the 1800s, Albuquerque was super lawless. Like, oh yeah, the Wild West. People still to this day think we're like crazy Wild West. Do you yeah. know that? Well, sometimes it feels like it's yeah, actually, <laughs> and it is. It is. It's scary out here, guys. Um, but back then, it was pretty insane. Um, they some of the accounts in the book that I read. So a lot of the information I got was from the Ghosts of Old Town Albuquerque by Kogi Polston. Mm, we love a good book. Yes. And let's see. And so it, in that book, he gave some primary accounts of, like, what it was like back then. So, like, drunks would just randomly shoot all over the place. And That's still today. <laughs> a really sad story with that was that there was a drunk who was shooting cats, and he accidentally oh, shot no. a kid. <gasps> what? Yeah. I mean, sad for cats and then also sad for that kid. What the heck? Yeah, but because people took the law into their own hands, they drug him to a tree and hung him pretty quickly. Uh, um, yes. Which, 
there was a, I think it was, I can't remember, it was like a judge or sheriff or somebody who was like, well, yeah, he goofed up, but we should probably have more of a judicial process. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah, because anyone that was deemed a criminal, like the town would just like hang them. So just like by their own accord, they're yeah. just like, oh, let's lynch this guy or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Great. <laughs> yeah. So with all this craziness and death and chaos, um, it's not surprising that there's quite a few ghosts in the no, area. No, no. Very lost <laughs> souls out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, the only other fact I have about Old Town is that it is one of North America's oldest cities. Mm. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, so I mentioned Coley Poston, so I used his book as a a main source. Of course, I looked at other sources whenever I could, but it turns out that, um, he's kind of like the main source for ghosts in this area. Really? Like, yeah. And what is, what is his background? Do you know? So yeah, definitely. Um, so he obviously is the author of this book as well yes. as many other books about uh albuquerque and new mexico's history and ghosts and all that okay but he is the one who founded the southwest ghost hunters association mm-hmm. in 1985 okay so the, initially they went all around the southwest u.s okay but in let's see in 1997 he his team like settled in albuquerque because okay. They found some interesting places, like Old Town. They only yeah. knew of two haunted places. Oh, wow. But they were the only ghost hunting group out here. They oh. were the first ones. Back in the um, late 90s? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, like, no one else had really investigated the area. So they were like, heck yes, virgin yeah. grounds yes. to find more stuff. So oh, man. Yeah, they chose a good place yeah. for sure. And so, yeah, so this group of, actually, most of them are members of the military. So oh. that's really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, and so, yeah, so the two known haunted locations that they found in Old Town at the time were the Maria Teresa Restaurant and the Church Street Cafe, which I will probably cover another time. The Church Street Cafe's (laughs) got great brunch. Oh, (laughs) you know, ironically, I have never been there. What? Oh, yeah, you do. Girl, let's plan it one day. But, yeah, so then they ended up, like, researching a whole lot and now there's like over a hundred investigations that have been done since 1998 in old town so i'm sure yeah so now old town is like the most investigated place in albuquerque which i guess like side note slash fun fact me and janelle and her family went on a ghost tour there one time it was so much fun yeah (laughs) and i learned about a lot of ghosts so i'm sure that is actually a great segue for me perfect (laughs) because uh the sgha um, Southwest Ghost Hunters Association. Mm-hmm. They actually were the ones that started the ghost tours in Old Town. Uh, m- so, makes sense. Yeah, so they started it as a fundraiser so they could oh. keep doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and But then it got so popular that they started the business with it. Oh, um, yeah. So they would, like, do the tours, update them as they did investigations, whether if they debunked something, of course, they took it off. But yeah. if they found more evidence, they would add that in. Okay. And do all that. But then as they went on and it got really popular and the pressure to, like, make it fun came in, they felt like it was a conflict of interest with keeping the integrity of their research. Which I get because a lot of the times I know, like, ghost tours of any local, anywhere you are, sometimes they, like, fluff it up and stuff. So I get that because they wanted to be a legit, like, ghost hunting thing and now it's, like, 
a little bit more touristy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So then, let's see, it was 2006 when the new company took over the New Mexico Ghost Tours. Okay. And so SGHA actually doesn't associating with them, really. Again, oh. just to keep that integrity. Yeah. But the Ghost Tours company does still use, like, their uh, evidence. So, okay. like, their photos and audio right. and all that. Um. So, yeah. So, that's... Cody Polson was the one running a lot of that. And he also has a website, which I use, because he had... It's CodyPolson.com. <laughs> really easy to remember (laughs) and he has like stuff all kinds about the ghosts and history of old town and the southwest and so if you want to see more photos of all their investigations that's where you go oh because like the book only has like a select few but his is there pretty cool stuff on there yeah yeah um for the place that i'm looking at now la placita um it's mostly like mists and orb is that the place that shut down Yes. Oh, yes. But late last year, a lady took it over, so now it's the Old Town Cafe. Oh, and it's reopened? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it, like, like I it just reopened. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. I remember when it shut down, like, during the pandemic, and I was really sad. Yeah, Yeah. so so just for um, consistency's sake, uh, I will probably keep calling it La Placita, just because that's that's what all the articles were talking about, because back then, that's what it was. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for it now, it is the Old Town Cafe. Okay. Um, but even before it was the La Placita restaurant, it was the Casa de Armijo. Oh, yes. Because originally Don Ambrosia Armijo made it into his store and home. It was built between 1880 and 1882 out of adobe, which for those who don't mm-hmm. know, it's sun-dried bricks of clay used as building material. And the buildings have changed a lot over time. Uh, before it was like two buildings because it was the house and the store mm-hmm. and they were connected by a hallway but then like chaos of the wild west like sometimes parts of their house got destroyed yes and so over time that hallway got kind of destroyed and they just left it separated oh okay yeah and then they also used to have a wooden false front because there was a time where old town was trying to be more touristy Yes, I remember. And yeah, so they made up, like, like they would just stick wooden false (laughs) boards on the front of it to look more like the Wild West. Yes. So that when people came, they'd be like, oh, that's what it is. (laughs) Um, But finally, they were like, yeah, this isn't legit, so we're going to stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. And the former house portion is now shops behind the restaurant, and that's called the Patio Market. Okay. Um, And then, like I said, the front part, the restaurant... That used to be, like, their shop. Okay. And one of the cool things that people like to go and see there, which also plays into some stuff later, is that uh, Ambrosia, he had a staircase imported from Spain. Wow. And Moved he built... a whole staircase, huh? Yes. Across yes. The, the whole staircase. <laughs> just one big piece. They just dropped it in. No, I have no idea how that worked. <laughs> I'm assuming it came in pieces, but... Yes, whatever. I'm assuming too, but who knows? Who knows with these people? Because back then, I don't even know. Did they have airplanes back then? I don't think so. 1880, no. Yes, no. Uh, Yeah, I feel like that was when it was starting to come about. But they probably brought it over by ship. I'm assuming so. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say I was up late last night. So my brain's (laughs) dying a little. 
But, yeah, so he imported from Spain, and he also built a small second story to the building. And it's, like, non-functional. Like, so people were like, what the heck is this? Like, how do you use this? So what it was, or what people have said it is over time, Mm because that's why they call it lore, because nobody's been able to confirm it. But a lot of people say, so his eldest daughter, Teresa... When she got married, there was nowhere that she could, like, showcase her long wedding train. Oh, So he literally built this staircase and a little room up top so she could come down the stairs and show off her long wedding dress. Wow. (laughs) I wish my dad was that involved. I'm just kidding. I'm single. I'm not married, so it doesn't matter, I guess. (laughs) But... Yeah, so it was all just to show off his daughter's wedding dress. Wow, it must have been an amazing wedding dress. I hope so. (laughs) Oh, I wish I knew what it looked like. Right? That's the time I'm like, where's the picture? I know. Um, But yeah, so Teresa got a really awesome show-off moment. (laughs) They're like, do we move these stairs from Spain just for this dress for five seconds? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Um, but yeah, so it was his house and shop, but then of course later it became the La Placita restaurant and it was that for over 80 years until it closed, um, during 2020. See, that's what's so sad about the pandemic is stuff has Mm -hmm. been open for so long and it was like so historic and then it just got shut down. Yep. Sad. But yeah, but in 2022, so last year, um, it was taken over by Michelle Lameres and she made it into the Old Town Cafe. Okay. Um, so this place, with all of its history being, you know, 1880, it's quite a few years. Yes, a couple. <laughs> um, it's haunted by a few ghosts. Perfect. <laughs> so the first one that, we don't have a whole ton of information, but he's still fine. Uh, they call him George. Oh, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so his big thing is that he mimics voices. Oh. Um, especially, so his big trick, I guess you could say, is he'll copy the manager's voice. <laughs> and then during shift changes or closing time, he'll just like call people's names throughout the place. Oh my God. So that they're like rugging around trying to see where the manager is and why he's calling him, but it's not him. Dang. <laughs> Imagine you're like getting fired over because of some ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Well, luckily, the manager knows about the ghost. Oh, okay. So. okay. Well, then does the manager hear its own voice? And they're like, what? That wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> I'm not. I, that was not in the stories I could find, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. This guy's pretty, this Jorge or George is very mischievous. Yes. <laughs> but beyond that, like, there's not a whole lot on him, but he's fun. Yeah. <laughs> He sounds like a blast. Um, But then there's, like, two other ghosts that are pretty big players. And the first one is Victoriana, who is Ambrosia's other daughter. Okay. So I think she was the younger daughter. So the one without the dress. Yeah. She got a dress later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But her full name was Maria Victoriana Armijo Perea. Okay. Um, So there's, despite so many people seeing her and, like, all that stuff, there's no description of her that I could find. What? Like, yeah. In like, the book, I don't know, there was a girl, she might have looked, she might have met a man, I don't know what exactly. she looked like. <laughs> yeah, like, anything in the book or anything in the articles that I looked for, like, nothing about what she looked like. That's weird. Other than, there was one article way back, like, when she was alive, mm-hmm. there was an article in the newspaper about what she wore to a ball. Oh, okay. But, outside of that. And she didn't wear that when her death, too? I guess not. We don't know. Don't <laughs> guess know. we won't know unless we see her ourselves. We'll yeah. let you know 
But yeah, but unfortunately, she also died. So she was born in 1849, okay. and she died on October 6, 1867. So she was only 18 years old when she oh, died. Oh, okay. She was a little How'd baby. She <laughs> and she was married to Jose Inez Perea, mm-hmm. um, but shortly after their marriage was when she died due to childbirth complications. Oh, gosh, that's sad. Yeah. Did the child make it? I do not know. No? Oh, okay. Like, they don't, Just they don't talk about the child. But okay. I think, I would think the child didn't make it because of some other stuff I'm going to share in a bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's her speculated death, I guess, technically, if we want to be really specific and factual. I yes. try to be as factual as possible. <laughs> um, her cause of death is really officially unknown. Okay. Um, that's what everyone just has said over the years. Okay. Uh, the only other possibility was that one article in 1977 that was talking about her ghost for the first time mm-hmm. said she died of the plague. Oh. But, huh. Um, Pulse in his book and in his website and everything, he's like, there's nothing else that mentions a plague or anything. So I don't know how legit that is. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But so most people say it was childbirth complications. So we kind of okay. go with that for now. Okay. Um, but anyway, so her ghost is usually seen in the main hallway where these um, stairs that came from Spain are. Okay. And that's... And that also causes people to think that it might be Teresa. Okay, because it's like, the stairs. Well, yeah, those yeah. were her stairs. Right. So why is Victoriana... Because she was jelly. <laughs> Maybe. Toast jelly. Her <laughs> but beyond that, I think there's not really anything else that points to Teresa. So I think that's why they focus on Victoriana. Okay. Um, but she's also seeing in the center dining room of the restaurant, which used to be the placita or patio okay. of the home. And that's where it actually still has a live tree from back then. Oh, like oh. it just grows in the middle, and they just have an opening in the roof for the ah, tree to just be there. Old <laughs> old tree still standing, huh? Yeah, that's nice. So that tree has seen many things, <laughs> but also she's. Um, I guess she has to be a partner ghost. Like she's never seen alone. Oh, who who is she seen with? <laughs> so she's usually seen with the ghost of Elizabeth, which I will go into more detail of later. Okay. She's, she's a lot of fun. <laughs> so people know what Elizabeth looks like, but not Victoriana? Apparently. Interesting. Like, I have a full... Like, she overshadows you, okay? Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, shadow. you know what? When I share some stuff later, you might okay. <laughs> actually okay. think that. But, yeah, so... Um, oh, and if you're ever doing your own research, like, so... Seven years before the ghost tours began, mm-hmm. I guess somebody brought in a psychic and the psychic was like, oh, there's one chick here named Victoria and there's another one named Elizabeth. Okay. And back then they actually had them mixed up. Oh. And so mm-hmm. if you find old articles, which I did when I was researching this, yeah, some of them call Elizabeth Victoria and vice versa. Okay. So if you're ever doing your own research. <laughs> and you get confused. Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, they did confirm the right names because they did some research okay. and found out, like, yeah, Elizabeth They asked the ghost, hey, who are you? <laughs> and then, um, also they had some EVPs where mm. they confirmed who was who, apparently. Oh, okay, okay. The ghost did tell them. Uh, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, you've got it wrong. I am Victoriana. Like, She's leave like, me alone. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so one of the main apparitions, though, that have been reported of her, or at least that was in this book, mm-hmm. was 
the ghost woman with a baby who was seeing in the by a night security guard who was dry he was actually driving through old town oh and his headlights went into the window so there's a window that goes to that you can see the main hallway where the stairs are and all of that i think i've seen that yeah i think that's right? on the ghost tour. okay yeah. okay so he was driving his headlights go into this window and then he sees something moving so he's like nobody's supposed to be in there like what the Dang. heck so he stops, gets down, goes, well, he sees a woman with a baby. And she, he said she looked directly at him. My gosh. And then she turned off and walked down off out of sight. But I guess there was more windows down that way. So he went going down to the window to see, like, okay, wait, where are you going? Yeah. Well, she wasn't there. And he couldn't see her anymore after that. Ooh, spooky. But then he was like, well, there's an alarm system. So if somebody, like, broke in, it should have gone off. But... That's weird, because there's nothing going off. So mm. the next day, he went to the manager, and he's like, hey, just wondering, is anybody living here? <laughs> is there some lady with a baby living in your restaurant at night? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the manager's like, um, this is a restaurant, sir, not apartments. Because she's like, that's where all those chips and salsa have gone. <laughs> exactly. This is the lady at night. But yeah, so obviously, they confirmed that nobody was living there, and so yeah, they were Interesting. like... But one thing that's interesting, too, with that is that um, the book implies that it's a separate ghost. But I guess, like, with some research and stuff, like, Polston changed his mind. Because in later interviews that I found with him, he was like, nah, this is Victoriana. Like, oh, okay. They thought it was just another random person, and then they linked yeah. them together. Okay. Yeah. And I think they linked him because of that, like, death by childbirth yeah. kind of thing. Story. So, yeah. Okay. So that's why I think, yeah. like, maybe the baby didn't make oh, it. That's sad. Yeah. But... And then outside of that, the only other thing about her that we got is that it's just kind of an interesting little side note is that Polsing has never been able to find her grave. Like, oh, yeah. but is the rest of the family have graves? Yeah. yeah so Except he, for her? He, yeah, he went to the family plot. Oh. She's not there. He went to her husband's family plot. She's not there. So we Ooh. have no idea where she went. But hmm, maybe something shysty went down right? that we don't know about. Well, then I guess that would kind of explain, too, why she's still hanging out. Yeah, nobody knows what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, and that's one thing, too. Sorry, I did just remember that. So the security guard did say, like, they were like, well, what did this lady look like? That's what I was going to say. Did he? Again. Yeah. yeah. So apparently there's a mural in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And he went and pointed to somebody on the mural and oh. said, oh, she looks like that. I can't find out about this mural. Like, I've never been to that restaurant myself. Yeah. Funny enough, I live here, but whatever. <laughs> and I've Well, now you have to. <laughs> yeah. You have no choice. I've been... I've never been to that restaurant, so I don't know which mural this is. Yeah. And when I tried to look up online, there's no pictures of this mural. There's nothing about this mural. So. wonder if it's still in there now that it's the cafe or whatever. Yeah, so I don't know if it got rid... People got rid of it over time or what, but apparently this ghost looked like a chicken mural, but <laughs> okay. we don't have the mural, so... Huh. I'll have to go visit it and see if it's yeah, still there. Yeah, see. Let's see. <laughs> if so, I'll post pictures. Okay. And then we'll finally know what she looks like. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I got on Victoriana. But as I said, she appears most of the time with Elizabeth. Okay. And she is actually the most well-known spirit at La Posita, now Old Town Cafe. Okay. Um, she is thought to be the ghost of a young servant girl who served the Armijo family. Um, they believe she died of tuberculosis. Oh, okay. 
the year that they had for her death was a little confusing because the house wasn't built until 1880, mm-hmm. but they said she died in 1783, so I don't know if that was a typo. <laughs> maybe, or maybe she's just been went back in time or went forward in time who knows what she yeah did. so i was like that's like a hundred years yeah <laughs> unless if they she's just been following the generations and yeah just or she died her. on the grounds and then they built on top of her well that's what i thought at first but then they said she served the armijo family so they weren't there until 1880 but i don't know either Weird. she's been tagging along for a hundred years yeah. or well more than a hundred years at this or point. it was a typo yeah. we'll never know <laughs> But, yeah, so, um, outside of that, so, okay, yeah, so she is seen as a young, cute-as-a-button Mexican girl. Okay. With long black hair and wearing a beautiful white dress with beadwork on the neck, shoulders, and hem. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people think that the dress is a communion dress. So it's a woman in white. Yeah, but it's a, a young little girl in white. But oh, yeah. she's a little girl. Okay. Yeah, how, little. Like how old? Um, you know, they don't say her age. They just call her a young girl. Okay. Because even when you said young girl, I was still picturing like 17 or something. Yeah. No, based on the what I was reading, I felt it was more like like 10 at most. Okay. Like, I well, I okay. don't know. I guess if it's a communion dress, I don't really know Catholicism, though. I guess it would be whenever communion happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. Good question. <laughs> but yeah, so if anyone out there knows when you do communion, I think it doesn't it vary though. It depends on like, <clears throat> or do you have to follow like the Catholic school stuff where you like go through the whole? You are asking the wrong. Okay. <laughs> I was like the first to not be raised Catholic in my family, so oh, I okay. have no idea. <laughs> but anyways, so. One thing that I kind of went into a rabbit hole with was that he talked to, Polson talked about the beadwork design on her dress. Okay. And how they kept that secret for the longest time because that's how they would determine if everybody was seeing the same girl. Oh. Because it's huh. rather unique. Okay. So the beadwork, he still kept the colors of the beadwork secret in the book because he was like, we still want something to hang on to in case we get more. Okay. So reports. like if somebody's like, oh, I saw this little girl in white and she had like beadworks that was this color and they're like oh my gosh you saw elizabeth yeah okay yeah so but they did share and this is where again i got a little confused because she said they said the beadwork is two pueblo sun wheels um there's two on the shoulder one on each shoulder okay and then there's a bunch of them along the hem of the dress okay but when and i was like okay well what's a pueblo sun wheel yeah, like, I don't I'm, know. I'm interested. Yes. Well, when I Googled it, I couldn't really find anything called you know specifically a sun wheel. Picturing is like the Zia symbol. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Well, that popped up, but again, that's not called a sun wheel. Yeah, exactly. And that, and well, the, uh, yeah. well, here's the kicker, because when he was writing about it, he said people who know the culture would know it's a Pueblo sun wheel, but people who don't think it's a swastika. Okay. Yeah. I mean, those, yeah. and those are common in almost every culture from yeah. before. Yeah, and so, like, so when I did some, re- like I said, I was researching because I was like, I want to know about this symbol. Like, yeah. what the heck? And so I couldn't find anything called specifically a quote-unquote sun wheel. Uh-huh. Um, but there was two possibilities, and the one that I think is the closest. So the two possibilities are, one's called a whirling log. I've other, heard of those. Yeah. Yes. And the other one is called a medicine wheel. Okay. 
Um, the medicine wheel, I feel, is less likely. Like, if you look at it hard, you could maybe see a swastika. Okay. Um, and I know the whirling log looks a lot like a swastika. Yeah. yeah. And the whirling log definitely looks like yeah. one. Um, and just for people who may not know, like, the, they were originally used by the Native Americans and, and other cultures, I yes. believe. Yes. And then Hitler took it and... Yeah, make it because it, it's supposed to be like a symbol meaning like healing, right? It can be for healing. There's a lot of different meanings that I found, but it's, yeah. it's a lot of good stuff like humanity, life, um, healing. Uh, because there's four parts, it's talking about like the balance of life and they're in a okay. circle, so yeah. like the you know, like life and being together and stuff like that. Yes. Um, there's also tracking time with tracking like the North Star and the movement of the Big Dipper. Uh, whole lot of, but it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, but then because Hitler kind of screwed everything up, kind of, that's understatement of the century. <laughs> but yeah, in 1940, um, a lot of Native Americans, I guess, I don't know exactly which culture, if it was all of them or yeah. just one. Right. But they just kind of agreed like, Hey, let's, let's stop using it. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. hold off. Cause Hitler ruined it for everybody. Yes. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's just like a side note on that. Um, I will share like the sources I found because there was a lot of interesting information about that. Okay. So. Um, but that was really cool to see. Anyway, so she had some cool B work on her dress. Yes. And it definitely stands out. Like they, so they said either some people would be like, oh, there was some Pueblo sun wheels or whatever you want to call them on yeah. her dress. Or there'd be people who would be like, who's the Nazi Mexican girl? <laughs> Literally, I'm quoting the book. Yeah. I'm not. No, I mean, that's... A lot of people don't realize that the swastika is not just, you know, Nazis. So, yeah, I can see people saying that. So, yeah. So, that definitely helps them also to figure out that everyone was seeing the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that also was freaky about her is that she doesn't show up, like, see-through or, like, a traditional ghost. She looks like a little girl. Like, she looks solid to people. Like a full-body apparition. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, for instance, we, there was like two women who were at a wedding reception and they saw her singing in a corner. They, uh, a wedding reception at? At La Placita. Okay. Yeah. It was in like the main dining room because she's singing in the main dining room. She's also seeing a lot in the same place of Victoriano, like by the stairs. Okay. Um, which also, well, I'll get into that later, but anyway, so (laughs) they're at a wedding reception and they see this little girl in the corner, and they're like, who's this little, who is this little girl belong to? Like, yeah. what's going on? But then she got up and ran away towards the bathrooms, mm-hmm. which is also right next to the staircase. Mm-hmm. And so they go after her, because they're like, wait, who, who, is she lost? Like, what's yeah. happening? But then, of course, they couldn't find her. They're looking and looking. The manager's like, are you guys okay? And they're like, well, where's this little girl? But when they, she, they described her... The guy, the manager was like, yeah, no, that's, that's just a ghost. You're cool. <laughs> He's all nonchalant. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, you've seen a ghost. It's okay. Go, go enjoy your wedding reception. <laughs> go back to normal life knowing you just saw a ghost. Perfect. But yeah, but talking about the women's restroom, yes. that is also a super common place for her because okay. she does the lovely, um, I guess, cliche thing of showing up in the mirrors. Oh yeah. Like so, Bloody Mary. Kind yeah. of thing. So you'll just be washing your hands or whatever. You look up, there's a girl in the mirror. You turn around, there's nobody there. Oh my gosh. So she's, she's like lives. Moni Myrtle in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And she's, so she appears there, like I said, by the staircase with Victoriana. And then she's in the main uh, dining hall where I guess she also appears with Victoriana as well. Interesting. I wonder if they were like, 
close if she would like served her or something you know when she was like which is interesting too because you say she's a little girl but she was a servant like i wonder what kind of servant she was as a little girl i have no idea i'm just a thought in my head (laughs) don't know (laughs) i'm a little scared to find out um yeah but yeah so anyway so bathroom she appears in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, she also likes to yank on your skirt if you have a long skirt on. She thinks that's fun. She's trying to pants you. Yeah, <laughs> <literally>. <laughs> but yeah, it, and I think she kind of takes after George in being like mischievous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's a little girl. Yeah, she's a little girl. She's got to have some fun in the afterlife. Exactly. She missed out on some stuff. Um, so one of her more mischievous things is... Um, a couple times she's been seen where she starts climbing the window, oh. going up towards the ceiling. Oh, very normal. And um, she appears at that time like the girl from The Exorcist. I hate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in the book, it just talked about how like people have seen her looking like this, climbing the window, freaking them out. And it actually happened at a ghost tour. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I remember them talking about that. Yeah, they yeah. always talk about it because that was yeah, like their biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's scary. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in 2004, she um, made her appearance in that way. So she wanted to creep out some people, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> if I remember, like this wasn't in the book or in anything I read, but when I took the ghost tour, because I've done the ghost tour multiple times. Yeah. I used to do it for my birthday every year. Because I'm a weirdo like that. It's the same stuff every year, but I love it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, so one thing they said on the tour is that they were a little curious about why all of a sudden is she showing up like this creepy possessed girl? Like, she was just a chill little cute. What happened to her? (laughs) Literally, quote unquote, cute as a button little girl. And now she's like scaring the hell out of everybody. Yeah. And what they said on the tour is right before she started doing this, they had actually shown the exorcist at the place for Halloween. Oh gosh. And she's all, that looks like fun. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's... But yeah. So, so yeah, so she likes to cause chaos and mayhem sometimes too. I could see if my child became a ghost, she would be like the exact same way. Yeah. Creeping people out. But yeah. um, So yeah, so she has a lot of stuff that's kind of proven that she's around. Um, The only other thing that's been debunked about her is that some people on the tour would think they saw like a mist moving that was about the size of a girl. Uh But they found out that that was actually because back then the glass on the window was really old and Mm -hmm. it was like stained from like just wear and tear oh. and different chemicals they used over the years to clean it. Uh, and when a truck would drive by, the headlights oh. would make this weird shadow that looked like a mist moving. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's really the only thing that he mentioned in the book that they really debunked about Elizabeth. Okay. Hmm. Um, other than that, she's still a creepy little exorcist wannabe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but yeah, so um, oh, and then with that, and they definitely confirmed that she was, that was a false sighting because one time an employee decided he was going to prank some tour goers 
and he tried to hit the glass rag as they came up and he broke it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're all that's coming out of your paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> and then when they replaced it with new glass, it never that never mm-hmm. happened again. Yeah. So they were like, okay, yeah, it was definitely That makes sense. The old glass. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the La Placita restaurant ghosts that is now called the Old Town Cafe. Good job. Yeah. That was a good story. I know now we gotta go eat there and see if we could wash our hands in the bathroom and exactly. see. A little girl behind us. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I liked that. That was very good. Thank you. Good job. Okay. So today for my topic, I chose to do, remember how I was kind of telling you about how our timelines are messed up? Yes. I decided to do that. So basically the concept is like, the concept of time is kind of an enigma in and of itself because in our heads we picture something happening like maybe a long, 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 long time ago versus something else that happened. But then, oh, guess what? They happen at the same time. And as I was researching this, it there's a lot. Like it could be a whole like series too, <laughs> like yours was. But it I got into this like black hole with it where I was like, what? There's no way. And it's really cool. So, um. I'll start with my first one is the pyramids were built long before woolly mammoths were extinct. Did you know that? I did not. So a little bit of background during the early dynastic period. This is when the first pyramids were being built around 2700 BC, starting with the step pyramid was the first pyramid that was built. Um, these was are some that in Egypt or was it? Yes. All of this is in Egypt. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, which obviously not all pyramids were built in Egypt, but these were like the main pyramids. Yeah. And this was the first pyramid that was built. And I'm sorry, these are a lot of Egyptian names that I'm probably going to butcher, but, um, this step pyramid was built by Dozier, um, built in Sagara, which is in Egypt. And basically it was kind of like the concept where, you know, each level, is smaller than the other making a pyramid, but it was more round. So that was the first pyramid that was built. I didn't know they were round. Well, that was the first pyramid. Yes. And then the second pyramid that was built was the Bent Pyramid. The Bent Pyramid was built at Dasher and it was built with a slope. Kind of like they were trying to do that that smooth that eventually becomes what pyramids kind of kind of look like um only they literally it was super slick so as they were building it it was getting super steep so it kind of like bent oh so that was the bent pyramid i was gonna (laughs) ask if it was literally bent it literally was yes they were like you know what this is too scary let's stop with the tower of pisa but pyramid style exactly yes (laughs) yes and then there was the north pyramid which was also built in dasher and it was the first true pyramid shape And then the pyramids in Giza, which are the famous ones that we all know about, were built in 27, I mean, sorry, 2600 BC. And those, and then the last pyramids were built in Egypt in 1800 BC. Woolly mammoths had their heyday about 20,000 years ago during the Ice Age. Although scientists aren't exactly sure why they went extinct, they eventually died out. It is believed that um, they went extinct mostly because humans hunted them a lot for 
me, their ivory, all that kind of stuff. So we were over hunting since the beginning. Exactly. We've always, Ruining our resources. Yes. Got we've it. always been horrible. <laughs> Humans suck. Yes. Um, they say it's, I could have either been that or just the rising temperatures in general, because woolly mammoths, of course, most people know they're a lot like elephants. They grew up to about 13 feet tall. Um, they had fur, you know, mm-hmm. and their ears were a lot smaller, though, to stop so much heat from escaping from their bodies because they were trying to keep warm. Yeah. So the last group survived until about 1650 BC, and that's over a thousand years after the pyramids at Giza were built. Holy cow. So imagine, like, the pharaohs were building these pyramids, and then there's, like, woolly mammoths running around. Like, that's so crazy to think <laughs> to me, because I always picture, like, the Ice Age and woolly mammoths, like, long before these yeah highly intelligent like people were building building pyramids right yeah yeah i know like because i always was like dinosaurs woolly mammoths and then like people advanced <laughs> civilizations yes, yes. You know, yeah yeah so that probably just blew your mind yes you did <laughs> okay and then the, my next one is that pablo picasso died the year after eminem and the rock were born which is crazy because I always picture Pablo Picasso like, I know it's not Renaissance, but that's what I picture like long, long, long time ago, painting all this crazy stuff that he painted. This is the time I wish there was a camera because like, I, I'm like trying to think of something to say. Like but Eminem just, like... and The Rock were born and Picasso was still around. Like yeah. what? It's so crazy. Um, so Picasso was born in Spain in, ni- or sorry, 1881. And he started studying art in 1897. So he was like, it wasn't even the 1900s yet. And he was already studying art and painting. And then he was still alive all the way up until Eminem and The Rock were born. Like that's, my concept of time just like got so messed up when I was oh, studying. Yeah. And like linking back to like my story, like the Casa de Amrijo was built in 1880. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like... And that's like when Picasso was like doing his thing, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh. That's so weird. Um, so Picasso worked hard and he, uh, during his lifetime, painted around 20,000 paintings and he painted all the way through his death when he died okay. in 1973. Mm-hmm. So he was around like in the 70s too, which okay. is an interesting concept. And just to make sure I'm picturing the right person, that's the one that did, like, the abstract painting. Yeah, right? like, the cubism and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he actually went through... I was, like, reading about him, too, because, I mean, I took art classes and stuff and learned about him in the past, but I didn't realize he actually went through a lot of different phases. Like, there was this phase that he went through where he was painting a lot of, um, like, mythological stuff, too, like, nymphs and centaurs, and I was like... What? I didn't even know that. I didn't realize that. But it's really cool to research oh Picasso because he's will definitely be doing. Yeah, that. <laughs> he was pretty cool dude. Um, so he died in 1973 at the age of 91. He was pretty old, um, of lung congestion. That's what he died of. I'm gonna out my parents a little bit, but that was also after they were born. <laughs> oh, your parents are probably super old. Just kidding. That's yeah. my parents are. <laughs> Same. Because um, Eminem was born October 17th, 1972, and he's currently 50 years old. And The Rock was born May 2nd, 1972, and he's currently 51. So, yeah, my parents are old. <laughs> I think, Mom, did you know you were alive when Picasso was alive? Isn't that weird? You're old. <laughs> okay, so the next one is that Rosa Parks died four years after the first Shrek came out. 
Isn't that weird? That is nice. Oh my god! Like Shrek came out, and she probably watched it too. I'm sure she probably liked it. <laughs> but she died Who four years. Doesn't after. like Shrek. Exactly. That's true. That's true. So Rosa Parks was born on February fourth, nineteen uh, thirteen, in Alabama, and on December first, nineteen fifty five, when she was forty two two years old, was when she boarded the bus and decided to sit in the front forever changing history. So that was back in 1955. And then 2004, when <laughs> Shrek comes out, <laughs> she's still alive. Yeah. And then on um, October 24th, 2005, at the age of 92, it was when she died of natural causes. So she also lived to be pretty old, too. Yeah. So... <laughs> kind of aging myself a bit there too i want to say i remember hearing about her dying but i think i was so young i did it yeah, 2005 yeah we were like 10 uh, like seven ish wait math <laughs> i would have been like 12 12 okay yeah yeah, yeah my, my math was off you're only a few months <laughs> me, so yeah yeah so yeah if you guys wanted to know how old we are do the math have fun <laughs> we're old <laughs> Um, and then Shrek, sorry, not Shrek didn't come out in 2004. It came out in 2001. So Shrek came out May 18th, 2001, which is almost 30 years ago. Or it's more than 30 years. No, no. sorry. 20 years ago. <laughs> There's a right. reason I, My brain is fried, guys. It's okay. There's a reason we were English majors. <laughs> exactly. But I do accounting for a living, so that makes perfect sense. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Exactly. And then Shrek 2 came out May 2nd, or May 19th of 2004. So she was alive for Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. What? So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. This next one's really fun. I, I had fun when I found out this one because it taught me some stuff that I didn't know. Give it to me. So the first dinosaur bones were found less than 100 years before the Declaration of Independence was signed. Holy cow. So... Listen to the story of dinosaur bones because this blew my mind too. Okay. Um, so in 1677, Robert Plott was the first person to discover dinosaur bones. He had absolutely no idea what they were though. He thought that they were just giant human bones, basically. He's like, <laughs> wow, look at these giant bones I found. And then he thought that they were human. So dinosaurs were discovered in 1677, but we didn't even know what they were yet. I found Goliath. <laughs> He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thought they were giants. Um, but William Buckland, who was the first geology professor at Oxford, found bones in England in 1815. And they were the same um, species as the bones that Robert had found. So he concluded finally in 1824 that they were a new type of type of um, extinct species of lizard. And he named them megalosaurs. That's what he called them. And I'm sorry, did you say where these were found? Um, so he found them in England. Okay. Um, and I think most of this took place in England. Because okay. if you think about, like, the Declaration of Independence was when we were finally over here, you know? So Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah. So we were, like, just barely figuring this place out. Exactly. So, we were yeah, barely, England like, discovering... <laughs> The Americas, yes. The white people were more established in... Yes, exactly, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, then, in 1842, <clears throat> Sir Richard Owen finally named them Dinosauria, and that means terrible lizard. I did so. That's where the word dinosaur came from. On July 4th, 1776, was when the Continental Congress adopted the, the Declaration of Independence. 
And then on August 2nd was when it was put on parchment and the delegates signed it. So it wasn't until 66 years later that the word dinosaur was finally put into place. So 66 years after we signed the Declaration of Independence, we finally knew what dinosaurs were, (laughs) which is so crazy. It's like we, I like my, that timeline in my head, because I always picture them discovering dinosaurs and stuff like long before they sailed the seas to go find America, you know? Yeah. I don't think I ever thought about when they found dinosaurs. Like that, that just never crossed my mind. But to think about like how. Uh, In my head, that's how I picture it. Because I picture like. Indiana Jones types person discovering that stuff and that being like long, long time. Well, well I guess that Jones was like the like, same time. That was like nineteen early nineteen hundreds, huh? Indiana Jones was like well, at least the first one. We just watched that. Um, the first one was, was in like, like the nineteen forties. Oh, forties. Okay. But I still picture like some old like archaeologist finding bones, and then like I don't know. I just in my head I thought <laughs> America was founded, like, long before we knew what dinosaurs were. At least. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, America is such a, like, a... Like, you know, it's funny, when I was younger and people would say, like, America is such a new nation. I was like, what do you mean? It's been here forever. It's been, like, (laughs) almost 250 years, you know? So, I mean, which isn't that long compared to other civilizations, Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, like, as I got older and I studied more history, because... Fun fact, that was my minor in college. Mm-hmm. But, like, as I study history more, I was like, holy cow, yeah, America's like a baby compared to, like, Yeah, other. it really <laughs> is. Like, it's not been that long since we became a nation. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. Okay, so this one's pretty crazy, too. Uh, the death by firing squad, the last death by firing squad, happened the same day that Toy Story 3 came out. So this is actually a pretty um, interesting thing that I dove into, too, because, um, you know, death by guillotine, death by firing squad, like, seems like such a, um, what's the word? Like, archaic way of killing somebody, right? Yeah. Like, it seems like something you wouldn't think happened when Toy Story 3 came out. Yeah, like, you think of it as something in, like... Yeah, I can't think of Like the Wild West. Yeah, like Wild West. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like, it doesn't seem like something that happened that recently, but on June 18th in 2010, Ronnie Lee Gardner was executed at Utah State Prison for killing an attorney during a courthouse escape attempt. So it was in America? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, And they basically, he was sitting in a chair that was weighed down by sandbags. He had a target over his head. And they had five prison staffers all fire on him. And what's what's interesting about firing squads, too, is usually they'll put, they'll have one person with blanks, but they don't know who the person is. So that all the people firing on somebody during a firing squad death don't know if they were responsible for it. So that later on, they don't feel guilty about it. Oh, okay. Which is interesting, right? That is insane. Because I'm like, but you're, you're signing up to be a part of a firing squad anyway. So why would it matter like you're participating exactly you're choosing to participate in that but it's like i guess it's something they did just to help well because the psychological stuff i think always still affects you like you're still taking a human i mean look at i mean you can army vets and stuff yeah, yeah i mean you can you can still be messed up like and want to do those things but i think it still affects you like, yeah i mean because like 
you know, looking back again, talking about like history, like in World War Two, how they had to start work like the Nazis, yeah. even though they signed up to be a Nazi and yeah, they were a part true. of all this stuff. Yeah. A lot of them started having mental health issues because the ones that knew they were killing people. Like, yeah. They, they probably didn't realize the extent that. of how bad it was going to be. And then it was way worse than I don't need. anybody yeah. probably thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for days about that, but yes. Yes. It, yes. <laughs> get started so, in World War Two, and I'll go for hours. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of history there in that. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> he was pronounced only two, two minutes after the firing squad happened. Um, and Utah is the only state to use this method in the last 50 years. Um, believe it or not, though, death by firing squad is potentially going to be coming back. Really? You want to know why? Why? Because states are scrambling for more humane ways to put people to death since the drugs for lethal injections are being barred by pharmaceutical companies. So basically, pharmaceutical companies aren't wanting to sell these drugs for lethal injections anymore because um, they are saying, like, we don't want to sell our drugs to kill people because our drugs are supposed to be made to save people is basically their argument. Oh my gosh. So, um, the typical cocktail that, um, is made to kill people with is, um, odium. Okay. Sorry. This is gonna be hard. Odium, thypentanol, pancreonium, bromide, and potassium chloride. Those are the three chemicals used to... So there you go, serial killers. If you need the cocktail, (laughs) there you go. But good luck, because pharmacies won't give them to you, sorry. (laughs) But I, so I was researching it a little bit, and they were talking about how they, they were considering bringing um, death by by firing squad back, and they were also considering bringing gas chambers back, because you can't get chemical cocktails anymore for um, those states that still go by, you know, the death penalty, which is actually a thing, it's in and of itself... Uh, a thing that people argue about all the time, well, yeah. whether it should be a thing or not. But I guess Utah actually did sign the bill back into existence, but they're saying if we can't find these chemicals for the lethal injection, which I just feel like death by firing squad is just so, uh, like, It's so crazy. much more gruesome. And yeah, like, a lot more violent, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to feel about that because like, I don't know how to feel about it either because I'm always on the fence with the death penalty anyways because I just always have been. It's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like a case-by-case thing for me, exactly. you know? Yeah, I So agree. to be like a firing squad on top of that, I'm like, that's gonna obviously knock me more one way than another too. Yeah, it just like, I don't know. Like, I mean, because either way you're killing somebody, but like death by firing squad, like I said, it sounds so gruesome and like... yeah. Like, just over the top, I Yes, guess. it does. <laughs> but it's being... There's, like, five or six states that have it signed in, into their bills for now because they're not sure what's going to happen, which is crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. I know. Neither did I. <laughs> um, and then Toy Story 3 came out on the same day, June 18th, 2010, <laughs> which is funny because I actually went premiere night to go watch that when it came out because it was such a, like... Uh, reminiscent of my childhood thing and everybody in the movie theater was my age. (laughs) You know, we grew up with that. And then some guy was being killed by firing squad. You know, it's always crazy to think, like, 
when big historical thing ha- things happen, like, while you're alive. And to yeah. think what you were doing at that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was, like, living my life doing this thing. And yeah. in the meantime, someone this else was going thing through was this. happening, yes. <laughs> it is really weird to think about that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the next one. <clears throat> Only five days after the start of the passage of the Oregon Trail started, Alexander Bain invented the first fax machine. Isn't that weird? Like, we were already sending faxes, but we were barely going on the Oregon Trail, which you picture, like, I always picture that game we played at school where people were dying of the plague left and right and all that stuff. So between the years of 1840 and 1860 uh, was when the set of 120 wagons and about a thousand people made the 2000 mile trek on the road to Oregon. And Alexander Bain invented the first version of the fax machine, which was the uh, electric printing telegraph in 1843. Holy cow. Weird, right? Like, I'm just like, he's all, hey, instead of going to Oregon, I'll just send this fax real quick, guys. (laughs) Instead of dying of dysentery. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, if there's any youngins listening to us, like, <laughs> I think there's a newer version of the game released on, like, Steam and stuff. Like, oh, really? There is. They revamped it, but it's, like, basically the same game. Oh, it's my god! It's a little more modern looking. <laughs> it's not all pixelated. Yeah, it was locks. really, yeah, really <laughs> pixelated. I know, and people, and they're probably also like, what is a fax machine? <laughs> right? <I> That's <laughs> Sorry, kids. Is is your goal just to make me feel old with this? Yes, I mean, we are old, so there's no fighting that fact. Okay, and then this is my my last one, which is what I was talking about. I think it went by too quick, but that's okay. Um, So the same year that Vincent Van Gogh painted The Starry Night was the same year that the company Nintendo was created. Right? (laughs) So I actually didn't know much about The Starry Night. Do you know any background behind it? Background? No. No. I know what it is. Okay. But it's basically it was inspired by his view from his window of um the room that he had in his asylum in France. I did not know he was in the asylum. He was. Um he painted this while he was checked in for help with his mental illness, basically. Because he he also at one point he's the one that like cut, cut off, off his, his left ear, ear and sent yeah. it to like his girlfriend or yes. ex was it ex girlfriend or current girlfriend I don't know either way he's crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is why he was in this asylum um, it took him several sessions and was um, basically he painted this it wasn't always at night it was mostly during the day that he painted it which is also interesting yeah because it's in the painting it has the moon and then I think it's like the view of Saturn too that he could see from his window. And he painted it during the day, but it was, like, an exercise for him to work on his, like, view of perception, basically. Oh, okay. Because he was dealing with his mental health at the time. Huh. <clears throat> and then, at the same time, in 1989, in Kyoto, Japan, was when Nintendo first became a company. They fa- were founded, basically, they started by making Hafunda playing cards, which are just Japanese playing cards. Okay. Um, and then they eventually moved to make toys and then went on in 1970 to start making the first video games. Okay, so which year were they established? Uh, they were established in 1889. 1889. Holy cow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Nintendo? That's weird. But yeah, I'm still, like, not getting past the fact that Starry Night was basically a mental health exercise. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I was like, 
My therapy painting became super famous. Yeah, because, I mean, and it makes sense because you look at it and you're like, tripping, like, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And it was this messed up mind trying to make reality of what he saw like his window. Like, perception. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. So, yeah, that is basically all that I have about how messed up our perceptions of time are. Yeah. Well, now that my mind is blown... <laughs> I know. Well, it's just, I guess for me, it's, it's interesting because I also, cause I, I, there was a lot more that I saw while I was doing this too, that I didn't put in this, that I could obviously, like I said, make a series out of it, but it's stuff like the fact that Cleopatra was around closer to the invention of the iPhone than she was to the building of the pyramids by like a thousand years. Like, that's crazy to me, because you picture Cleopatra, the pyramids, like, the same time, right? Yeah. And then same with T-Rexes, for an example. They were all around closer to the invention of the iPhone than they were to Stegosauruses. Yeah. Which, what? What do you mean T-Rexes and Stegosauruses weren't around the same time? So you already blew my mind, and now you're just smearing (laughs) it all over the wall. And (laughs) Yeah, so just take that and put it in your juice box and suck it. (laughs) I'm like this. Maybe this could start being like, what is? Uh, we we both listen to the More Big podcast. which yes. If you don't check it out, yes, they're. I love them. They're amazing. But I, I just made me think like, oh, this could be like a palate cleanser now. If you ever do something, <laughs> something dark, and then you'll be like, oh wait, here's something light. Yeah. Yes. Let's blow your mind now that we've like screwed it up. Yeah, because I mean, look, you can research it. I mean, don't because maybe I'll make it into a series and do more. But it's like. I didn't realize it until, to be honest, I, like, I came up with this concept from watching TikToks, and yeah. I was like, wait, what? And then I started looking into it more, and it's, it's like, true. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, no, there's no way. And then you look it up, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. For sure. Like, and it's just crazy. Like, and I think, because, you know, because, um, like, coming from a Christian perspective, like, yeah. I know a lot of times, like, in church, they'll talk about, like, how your time on Earth is so short compared yeah. to, like, God being this infinite being. True. And, like, there's verses in the Bible that talk about, like, how your perception of time is so much different than his, of course. Yeah, of course. He's there forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, kind of thinking about, like, that and, like, everybody, and everybody, each individual person, their perception of time is different. Oh, yeah. You and know? you, th- I mean, you think about it as, like, a kid, even, for an example, like, my daughter's only seven and her whole, that's her whole con- concept of time is seven years. And I'm like, girl, I've been around way longer than that. <laughs> yeah. And she always calls me old. So that's great too. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for when my son starts talking. <laughs> no, it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> Cause sometimes too, she thinks of stuff where I'm like, what? Why does your mind even work like that? You know, it's weird. But the concept, too, of time, I I don't know if you've heard about it or if you agree with, I don't know how I feel about it, but I keep hearing stuff about, they talk about how possibly we're even switching timelines. Have you heard of that? Like parallel universes or? Kind of. It's kind of like, um, like thinking about the Mandela effect, for an example. Like we're on one set timeline where, I don't know, the Monopoly or guy had a monocle, yeah. right? And then we switched timelines and now he doesn't. But everybody who's from that original timeline still remembers that. They're like, no, that happened. Like, I know it happened, uh-huh. but it didn't. 
it's it's an interesting concept too. It's a little bit different than what I was talking about, but I keep hearing about it. And you'll listen to people like, like come up with the argument for it, and you're like, what? Like, how could that even be possible? But then you start hearing about it, and you're like, well, how else can you explain? these weird happenings like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's something that I would be, like, agnostic about. Like, I, you know, like, I I would be on the fence about it because there's, like, part of me that's like, that's too weird. But then there's yeah, part of me that's like... Which I get. And at I the same know. time, I'm like, I don't think I want to think like that because that'll just <laughs> yeah. mess my brain up. Like, my, my head will explode. My sense of reality is never yeah. It's oh. My sense of reality is already messed up as it is. I don't need that on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about... And then, like, it also makes me think, too, of, like... I've been talking to my mom about this because another podcast I listen to is the Ghost Story Guys, Mm -hmm. and they've talked about lost time. Yes. And I've been talking to my mom, like, do you believe that? Like, I don't know. Like, that sounds You know, actually, um, I saw this this thing the other day where they were talking about how back in, I think it was like 1589 or something like that, Mm -hmm. when the Gregorian calendar first came out, um, the guy who came up with it... Gregorian or whatever yeah. his name was decided to actually get rid of 10 days in October. Uh-huh. And so every other country in the world though was like, no, we're we're going to keep those. And so there was a time where if you went to a different time zone or a different country, oh yeah yeah yeah. You like went back in time, you okay. know? And yeah. It is a real thing that did. I mean, it's only 10 days, but yeah. So that's actually different than what I'm talking about with the lost time. It's like lost time. It's a more of a paranormal thing. Oh, okay. Where it's like people will go somewhere and like, like when you, I don't know if you ever heard stories like people who go in the woods and then they come back out like 10 days later, but they look like they've only been there for like five seconds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I so get that kind of thing. About. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, there's like different stuff like that. I've, there's plenty. It's of almost stories. like a time vortex where yeah. you're, that you're in because it's like a paranormal. Yeah. Like, it could be you are going into parallel universes, too, yeah. which is a whole other topic, but that's, like, a lot of the times when they talk about um, cryptids, they say that they are from parallel universes, and that's why they're able to hide, because oh. they go into the different... They're just, like, popping in and out. Yeah, like, freaking Yetis going in and out, <laughs> and that's why you're like, there he is, just kidding, he's gone, because <laughs> he's popping in and out. See, time is crazy. Time is a concept... <laughs> that I don't know I don't get it (laughs) just like how we have daylight savings and pretty soon we're not going to anymore just like having a leap year like why do we need that yeah to make up for those 10 days that were lost back when (laughs) I'm telling you I know now my head is hurting guys (laughs) (laughs) but okay thank you so much for joining us for our first episode we hope you enjoyed it I hope you'll come back for more yes thank you so much um check us out like keep stay around yeah keep listening liking commenting sharing on our social medias that we're gonna have when this comes out (laughs) because that's how you support and that's how you keep something like this going yeah yes but thank you guys have a good whenever you're listening to this (laughs) have a good day Bye. bye